return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey everybody, this is Josh Martin. And I'm Marty Hyde. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Tattoos and Jesus podcast. I am very happy to be here. Here at TNJ, we seek to blend the righteous with the ridiculous. Please explain. We discuss coffee, counseling, Christianity, and whatever else crosses our mind. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, let's go. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Tattoos and Jesus and another week. Marty cannot figure out his fantasy football oh, roster. You ever, you ever have moments in your life when you're like, you know what, I'm doing all right. I ha- I'm I'm intelligent enough. And then there's other moments where you're like, you are just acutely aware of how much information you don't know. I find myself more and more and more in situations where I feel like an idiot. Is that because of fantasy football? <clears throat> That's one source of the situation. That's one source. But um, you were following the information that was given to you. And yeah. you made a reasonable decision. Yes. And it came but back to But here's the thing. You. you, like I told you earlier, you like fart yourself into success in fantasy football. And here's what it comes down to. I think there's, okay, There's a, there's got to be a life lesson here. I don't know how in the world we found ourselves in a way where I look at your life, Josh Martin, and think, you know what? You are living a life lesson for all of us. Oh, man, that's nice. I can't but, wait to hear what it is. Let me drop it. I think you're successful because you immerse yourself into the NFL enough that you just have a feel for what's happening. It's not a it's not a stats based information necessarily, like it's stats. It's it's but you know the players, you know what's happening in each team, and you know the other players on the team outside of the oh that's Tom Brady ooh that's Tua that's whatever you like you know the starting players but then you have a vibe for each team so you just have an overall feel like I feel like this guy is about to look good I feel like this guy's on the right ooh. I you know when people are injured and you immediately know who the backup is and and just you just have a feel for what's happening. Does that make sense? I appreciate it. Yeah. But and the life lesson is like I think just as a whole you become tremendously better at anything when you fully immerse yourself in it. That's like fair. doing oh, anything that's a good life lesson. Doing anything halfway gives you less than even 50% enjoyment because you know it just enough to fail. That's fair. Is that's that, a fair assumption. That's a good – like I remember when you talked to hunters, right? Right now it's hunting season, right? Just popped off. If you're a hunter in South Carolina, you're spending a lot of time in the woods right now. And I remember in my foray of hunting in the past, it was met with failure. But in talking to hunters, that's what you hear is it's like you just have to become immersed in it. Hours of repetition. Hours of repetition. And um, Or you see that in counseling. I have a lot of people like, oh, man, I could sit and give people advice. I could do that, right? And then you put them in a situation, and they come out, and they're like, that was the most anxious, filled 30 minutes of my life. I don't know how you do it. Mm-hmm. You just have to be- – okay, this is going to sound so cheesy, but you have to become one with the experience, mm-hmm. right? It just has to become part of your – like, you just have to become in that moment. You see that in athletics. Like, you have to be so comfortable in the game that you're just – you're just there. You're just in that moment, right? They and they talk about that. They talk. There's a phrase they they talk about. It's basically like you hit that next level of just being in that moment. So anyway, when it comes to fantasy football, I don't know what it says about really the quality of the time you're spending in life, mm. but I feel like you just 
you just, and you see that too. You see that with some of the other dudes that play in our league, Grayson and Zane. Like they, I think they really enjoy the game, and so the moves that they make are like next level. Mm-hmm. And you see that at the end of the season, they trend up and they'll be relevant in the playoffs. Right. Whereas <clears throat> me, Javon, some of us like we clearly are not in tune with. It's like we go for some good names and. Which doesn't really it doesn't help me understand Dylan because I think Dylan I mean Dylan played college football, but the man could not have worse fantasy football sense. And he had a pretty good team. <clears throat> yeah, he'll well, draft thought, a good team. But ref- then you got Justin who hadn't played fantasy football in seven years. Yeah, has the lowest score every week, and he's undefeated. Still wins. Yeah. So sometimes it's just the it's there's just always the cards, outliers. Just the there's all, but. Oh, by and large, if you immerse yourself in the situation more times than not, you'll come out the other side on the you know the good end of it. Yeah, that's true. Don't overanalyze it. <sighs> follow the money and follow the volume. That's yeah. it. That's See, it, that's the opposite of what I do. You, I read. overanalyze. You it. overanalyze. I it. go for players that I like, and I make rash decisions. But this is only your second year playing fantasy football, and I'm impatient. You made a good trade. Like, I think it's going to pay off overall. No, no because I'm at, I'm at the point now in the season, kind of like the Vikings, right? They're one and four. They had tremendous hopes going into the season. And now they're like, well, the season is lost. It feels like that. It's not yeah, unredeemable, chance. but the mountain you have to climb to get out is steep. That's how I'm feeling right now. I'm sitting here like, well, in 11 more months, we can try this again. You got a, You still got a chance. You still got a chance. You win. You win this week. You win next I week. Just, I just need a wild card. A wild yeah. card spot. I need my guys back. to be coming through at the end. You'll be bouncing back. I don't have faith in it. Anyway, what's up? What's your, I mean, what you doing with your life? Looking at your points total. Last night, I was texting you, and it was going through as green. Where you, like, turned your phone off? You're doing sketchy business? Green. And what oh. was the text message? No, we were at um, it was a vineyard in North Carolina for a party. I'm trying to remember this, the name of the city. Uh, it's like forty minutes from my house. I don't remember, but it was out in the cut. Like it was, it was kind of out there, and I had zero service. It was clear because I was blowing up your phone, and you sent me nothing back till this morning. Yeah, didn't get it, and then we got back last night. Yeah, went to <coughs> Dollywood Saturday. Oh, little Dollywood. Um, did you see Dolly? Did not see Dolly. Okay, but got a golf trip this weekend, so that'll be fun. Other than that, just out here living life, man. Who's out here grinding? Well, that's good. What's on your mind today? <laughs> what's the what? <laughs> what's on your mind today? <laughs> oh. What's on my my mind is we both kind of seem a little just out of it right now. I feel I don't know. This has been this is a it's got a whole Monday vibe going. But I mean, it is Monday, so I guess that's appropriate. Just in general, like I was thinking back towards our uh, the progression of tattoos and jesus and i remember that one time we did um trending topics on twitter yeah yeah but you can no longer do that unless you have a twitter account but x it's called x now um apparently israel got bombed today yeah today and yesterday and, and, and yeah, yeah for the past few days. i didn't i didn't realize it until it's probably bad but until <clears throat> i think you might have mentioned it this morning yeah or somebody mentioned it it's, I, th- I think it was you mentioned it and uh, you just never know. Like, what did people do? This is kind of off top. We'll bring it back. But, like, what did people do back in the day? You know? Like, I didn't really realize it until this morning. And we have access to everything. Yeah. 
However, if Justin Herbert for the Chargers would have so much as gotten a splinter, you would have known about it immediately. Yeah, he's got right now. He's working with his, his non-throwing hand, but got stepped on. But mm. I, I guess you just find out like six months later. Like, oh yeah, yeah I meant to. This know. actually, I don't think this is terribly far off the topic for today. So, do you think that you say that like, and we've I think we've talked about this maybe on the show a little bit that like n- ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Do you think people like in the past, like they just didn't know other than <clears throat> like what's happening in their town, mm-hmm. which they still may not find out for days. Mm-hmm. Like it just made them kind of unaware of everything in the world and gave them a false perception. Maybe mm-hmm. I think it's true for even for the Bible. Cause we, we mentioned that yeah. two weeks ago where, you know, they didn't really, they weren't really aware of other people, you know, about, I mean, mm-hmm. if they didn't travel or they didn't hear about it, like, they didn't know. Like, they weren't sitting around in Russia being like, dude, those Canaanites, man, they just went yeah. for it again. Right, exactly. Like, build a horse, Trojan horse, these things. Like, Ride a cowboy. Totally unaware. So, you know, when whenever Israel gets into a skirmish, so Israel has been targeted for thousands of years. And not only is it kind of a geographical or, I guess, a geopolitical hot topic, right? And do you align with Israel? Do you not align with Israel? Like, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's just, there's like, it's a spiritual topic. Mm-hmm. It's a religious topic. Um, you know, and historically, I would say the the Christian community has viewed Israel as kind of God's chosen people, right? Israel was, and they recognize like that, like salvation isn't coming through Israel, but there's still a special people for God, in the eyes of God. Like, they are still his chosen people to which he, he led out of Egypt and rescued them. And, and and honestly, like, it kind of feels like it because it feels like the world unnecessarily picks on them. Mm-hmm. Like, they have this small little sliver, and, like, everyone around them hates them. And they have this, like, superhuman ability to protect themselves. Like, most places that small, if everyone around you tried to attack you, you'd be done. But they, they pull it out each time. You never know what's going to happen next. I'm not saying it's been nothing but like roses for them. Like they've been through some hard times. <clears throat> but it does seem like they are in perpetual threat of attack. You agree with that? Yeah. I don't know a lot of history behind it. But yeah, it I don't seems know enough right. that we for us to have an intelligent conversation. Right. It seems right. It seems like what you're saying is 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 accurate. It's an accurate statement. And so I was thinking about that this weekend. So there's just been some several things that have happened recently that just had just painful things. Right? I don't really want to go into all of them because some of them are, are, are personal. And out of respect for those involved, I don't want to air out somebody else's business. But, for example, the situation with Israel happens. Um, some stuff close to my family I found out recently is just sad. Just sad. Um, last week, um, some kids at a local school passed away in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Right? These things happen all over the world all the time. But not always in your world, right? Like, in, in your world, oftentimes, at least in, in the world we live in, which is fairly insulated, tragedy happens more sporadically. But then it comes in clusters. Or you hear maybe back-to-back sad stories, whether it be relationships failing, um, accidents happening, you know, tragedy, death, you name it. <clears throat> it just makes me think, like, is the, you know, is the world getting worse and that's why we're experiencing these 
increasing incidence or did I just have a bad week? Not me personally. I'm doing fine, mm-hmm. right? Let me not over-dramatize this. None of these things have affected me personally, personally. But like, or am I just more in in tune with the bad things in life that it has jaded my perception? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we, we might have talked touched on this before i don't know that we've done a deep dive into it but i know we've had the conversation before where we i'm pretty sure we both are in agreement that well maybe i won't throw you on the bus in case not but where there's this tendency especially in this area that the world's going to hell in a handbasket now that you say that i had one of my friends josh hi shout out josh text me yesterday because we had this conversation when we went to uh the beach two weeks ago um but it was his he texted me and said the sermon title was the end is near mm-hmm. um and always you know you always kind of know what to expect when a sermon like that comes up where it's like the end is near this is why it's near this is why and it's always how bad the world is yeah and they point out different things about how bad the world is and it creates this like narrative that the world is terrible and then they read, you know, a scripture that backs up that the world is terrible. Mm-hmm. And then everybody leaves thinking the world is terrible. The world is terrible. And that we should all live in this fearful aspect of, man, this sucks. As we all sit at Cracker Barrel and eat lunch in peace. Like, I mean, it's, it's like this whole dynamic. See, nobody had them cinnamon apples and thought in man, this that moment, I, my world is I terrible. What, that cinnamon bread at oh. Dollywood, though. Oh, that stuff is amazing. This is only my second time having Yes. That amazing. cinnamon bread. At, oh, yeah. Homemade right there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> In that moment, your world was not terrible. It was not terrible. Not terrible. Um, But no, you're right. Yeah. Like It begs the question, like, is the world really going to hell in a handbasket? Or, it's like we talked about about a month ago, confirmation bias. Or because our, our, our theology or our perspective, even if it's apart from theology, thinks that it is, we naturally move to data that supports that claim. Yeah, that makes sense. Like if something bad happens, it's like, see, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. This place is terrible. Like the event, yes. is, you know, it's traumatic. It's awful, obviously. Everything that's happened that you've mentioned is not is not good. It's not great. Right. But you can't hold on to these things and forget the rest of what's happening and cling to this kind of like doctrine or theology mm-hmm. or thought that everything around us is terrible and it's getting worse mm-hmm. when there's nothing behind it, mm-hmm. I guess. Or is there? So I was I was watching this I hate to admit it, but I was down the TikTok rabbit hole the other day. Oh. And I came across this, uh, and you got you may know who he is, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think is how you say his name. Um, he's like an astrophysicist or something, right? Like again, going back to what are the things that make you feel stupid? Listening to him speak, yeah. The level of intelligence. Now he's he's abnormal in that typically people that function at that have a level struggle to dumb it down for us average people. Mm. He does a great job. He's an effective communicator, but he is clearly operating on a different realm. <clears throat> that said, I have no clue what his beliefs are, his spiritual beliefs. And he may cover them. I just really haven't like dove into him that far. 
but basically he was talking about tragedy, like tragedies that happen and how, and the example that he gives is if a, a bus drives into a crowd and kills 10 people, he said that will make worldwide headlines for a day. It'll make national headlines for a week. It'll make local headlines for a month. He said, but if you go back a hundred years, like I forget what he said. It was like a thousand people were dying an hour. Right. So like the, the level of like death is low. The percentage of people dying on a daily basis is lower than it's ever been in the known humanity. Right. Since statistics were kept. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> if you go back to the start of the world, I'm guessing the statistics were lower because the first guy stuck around a little while. Right. <laughs> but in the last several thousand years, the number of deaths are lower than they've ever been. He then goes on to say poverty is actually lower than it's ever been in the modern world. Like, the amount of people, like, the quality of their living, he's, he's not denying that poverty still exists or that poverty in desperate situations is not present. But cons- compared to the amount of poverty present in the past, it's better than it's ever been. Right. And I remember watching that thinking, I feel like I'm... I'm and I'm just trusting his stats is true, right? Like, I have... Dude's pretty yeah. smart, but I'm just taking him at face value that he's he's coming up with those through legitimate means. Right. And it's like, is the world really getting worse? But then there's also like, well, yeah, but having less poverty, that's maybe it's a spiritual thing. Maybe it's the world's getting worse spiritually. Or is the world, like, help me out here. You got any questions? Like, any thoughts, observations here? Because that, that's kind of where this came from in my head is... I see these events happen in my life, and it's like, ah, oh, just sadness upon sadness upon sadness. Mm-hmm. And then Israel, that situation, it seems like the world, you know, always on the brink of something unfortunate happening. And then I see that, and he's saying, actually, quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Bad things happen, but in much smaller doses than ever before in humanity. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's, I think it goes perfect in line with what we've been talking about. Like, Does I think it? it's because it, it's kind of like last week it was, you know, it was make good choices kind of was a joke, but I mean, it, it it's, that's kind of what we came up with because our choices create a lot of different ripple effect. Like last week's topic kind of summed up was, and we've talked about this before, but the Christian mindset sometimes forgets about the present world they're living in to think more about the future kingdom and how that can be controversial and, you know, not getting the theological aspects. But if you switch it, what you're talking about is like, we have, and we either unconsciously or consciously made decisions and choices that have pulled us out of what could have been worse. Like we are, the more knowledge that we have, the more access we have, the more all like, we should get better. Like it logically makes sense. Like we should yeah. be better than the last generation because we have more knowledge than the last generation to make better choices. And I think that's that is a consistent theme logically. I mean, you know, spiritually, maybe. Um, but it, it's it, it should like why would you not be better than the person before you? It doesn't make sense, especially if you know what they did right, right and wrong. Um, but I think that's right. I think that's spot on. I think we have to take hold of the power that's in that and kind of like keep pushing that forward instead of like so stagnant, what, stagnant. What thoughts. is this 
deprivation theology? Where does it come from then? Like, what is it? Is it is it just a a Christian thing, or is it a people thing? Are there just some people that feel like, oh, poor pitiful me, the world is worse now? Or is it is it? And, oh, I hate to say this because I'm really trying to avoid this, but I think it's a little both and. I can think there's some people that are just more like we call them old souls. Mm-hmm. They like things the way they were, and they don't like change. Mm-hmm. And sure. I think whether you are a Christian, not Christian, right. Buddhist, not Christian, I think those people will always say the change that they see is not to be preferred than the, than what they previously knew. Right. So I think some of it is an attitude. Like mm-hmm. it's just your personality. Right, it's just who you are. That's fine. That's it is what it is. And then some people just embrace change. They like progression. They like to see things move, good, bad, or indifferent. They just want to see different. Mm-hmm. And they're always going to give the benefit of the doubt to the change, and say the way things used to be aren't as good as you thought they were. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and so I, I think a little of it's just personality. Yeah. But I definitely think there is a a, a, a religious tradition. Yeah, I agree. Of of depravity mm. where does that come from what's the what's the spiritual meat of that principle and i know i'm asking the wrong person you're running from reformed theology as fast as you can but oh, yeah. but i mean it's it's a part of it i mean i was i would say a lot of what we talked about last week probably is a big part of it where original sin has that you can't get you you're completely depraved until christ mm-hmm Instead of the what we ended with, which was our choices determine depravity almost. And so if everything from start to finish is total depravity, which is the first of the five points of Calvinism, it's uh, no, you have no chance. There's no shot of you making decisions that are going to be any of any benefit it's all sinful because even our good decisions are bad decisions because they're outside of christ right is that what you're saying pretty much that's the that's that's the the concept of being totally depraved now whether it started at the reformation whether i started with john calvin whether they started way before i'm not real sure but i do know in a way now if you step back and look at that it's kind of holding society it's kind of holding among say society it's kind of holding the church back a little bit where if you focus on I thought about I don't know why that sticks out to me but I thought about what Charlie said last week Charlie yeah oh boy like how old is Charlie he turns eight next week so Charlie turns eight next week happy birthday Charlie um and the question is that and the, well, the statement he made is I can't wait to go to heaven yeah no obviously there's nothing wrong with that but it's the mindset like he has to get this mindset from somewhere. I mean, maybe, you know, I mean, kids are pretty creative, but it's, you know, there's something behind that. And I think that kind of follows through with most of Protestant, I guess, um, denominations is can't wait till heaven. Mm -hmm. Heaven's going to be awesome. And we just kind of like go through the motions on earth because earth is going to go away and there's going to be a new heaven, new earth. Why take care of something that's going to be renewed? Why care? <clears throat> Do you think in some ways Oh man, I'm walking out of that. Hey. Go ahead and ask for forgiveness to some of the pastors in my life right now. Do you <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Oh man. Just you already you've already I know, mentioned I'm, it. Oh, I'm gonna get messages on this. <clears throat> but that in some ways taking a like 
what's the what's the what's the Calvinist phrase? Uh, total. Yeah, it's total depravity. There you yeah, go. Total depravity. <laughs> I want to say ultimate depravity. So total depravity mindset is actually a lazy cop out to having to live out the gospel here on earth because we wash our hands of it like Pilate saying it's hopeless. Let me just cast my eyes, take care of me and mine. And I'm not saying all people that, let me redeem it a little bit. Now all that all people right. that have that mindset are lazy, right? right? What I'm saying is that it could lend itself to, that's maybe a better phrase, that a total depravity mindset could lend itself to lazy Christianity here on earth. 100%. I'm on board with it. I know it. you're going to agree I, with I'm me. A, I'm on, but, but it's true because you are what you believe. Yeah. You can't, you can't believe in total depravity and not in some way be held back by the fact that, you know, it'd be like, I'm, I'm going to pull a Marty. I'm going to give an example. It would be like you getting a car, getting a truck, whatever, however you want to describe it. Yes. And then somebody saying, in one week, I'm totaling this car mm-hmm. and I'm going to get you a new car. Why go wash it? Why take care of it? Why get an oil change? Why do anything if it's getting totaled in one week? And so when you have that mindset. And, and, whoa, whoa, whoa. Better than that, you're going from like a piece of crap car to like a Ferrari in a week. Right. that's how we view heaven. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is True. the Ferrari. It is the eat. Well, they break down a lot. But <laughs> that's you know what I'm saying. It's not just like it'd be different if you're like you get a Ferrari, but you only get it for one week. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep it polished because I'm going to show it off. Yeah. No, 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 no. You've got like a beater. Yeah, a piece of junk that barely runs. It's the mindset. Yeah, it's I'm the mindset. Yeah, it, totally it, depraved car <clears throat> is getting traded in for a brand new, nice. best of the best. Yeah, why take care of this when this is coming? Top of the line Subaru station wagon coming at us. That's right, <laughs> Subaru Crosstrek, twenty fourteen. Oh, but no, I mean, but and so that's that's the kind of that's the kind of mindset. you're just trying to survive the week, right? Not thrive in the week, right? Or even I didn't try even, to make your car better. And it really does connect to last week, but that was totally unintentional. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's just where my mind's going. But that's the shift that's kind of been happening in our conversations a little bit is on the podcast and outside the podcast, but like seeing things differently now. Yeah. And not caring about the future. But here's the here's the rub that's going to be tough to answer for people. I'm not, we're not going to get into this now, but people will say, well, all that matters is heaven and hell. What is your eternal, like, that is the focus of the church. Yeah. My, the church's goal, most people would say the church's goal is to save people from heaven, or save people from hell, get them into heaven, and get them with a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. That is their ultimate goal. If you get that, it doesn't matter what you do on this on this world. I would push back against that. We're not going to get into that. But but that's the, that's the MO. Mm-hmm. And so when you send people out, that is their mindset. Their mindset is eternal mindset, like futuristic heaven and hell souls yeah. well, are. And now that you're, we actually, uh, so we've been going through Second Peter. Second Peter um, spends a decent amount of time, especially at the beginning of chapter two, I think it is, basically warning against false teachers. Right. I'm not here to get in, dive into that, but one of the conversations we had in Connect Group last night, last week, was like. I guess a question I posed was what are the false te- like 
it's easy to look at denominations, doctrines, mm-hmm. beliefs that are opposite of yours and point out what you think is false about it and the people that are uh, pushing those false gospels. Yeah. Well, they're against who you are. It's, it's a whole lot harder to look at the circle you run in and say, what are the false teachings that just feel normal to us mm-hmm. that are really bad, that we're peddling a false gospel? Mm-hmm. But because we're comfortable, it just it just doesn't stir us the same way. Does that make sense? Yeah. And one of the comments was, <clears throat> I think that one of the greatest false teachings in in the in the church that we've seen is the golden ticket to heaven gospel that says, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? Everybody's going to say heaven, right? Uh, especially as a child, I want to go to heaven. Do you want to go to hell and be separated from God and your family and live there apart from God and burn for eternity? Mm-hmm. No, I want to go to heaven. Repeat this prayer after me. Right. Oh, yes, sir. God, I believe I'm a sinner. I believe that you came and you saved us and that by believing in you, that I will join you and my family in eternity where it will be wonderful and I'll never have to suffer in hell. Mm-hmm. Amen. Oh, that's great, kid. Let's get you on the list to get baptized. Here's your ticket to heaven. You're good. And and what you did is you scared him into a profession of faith that was not due to his awareness and the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. Coming to an awareness, it was, it was a fear-based. And then what happens is that child now believes, I'm good. When really he doesn't have a relationship with God, he doesn't have. There has not been spiritual movement in his life. There has just been a response to a scary old man threatening me. Yeah. And, but now I'm convinced that I'm good. And what you see is no behavior change. Their life looks like trash, right? It just they just go on like right now. At a later point, their faith may become real to them. Yeah. Right. And, but I would say that's the false. That's a common. Approach that I think just it, it completely misrepresents. But it goes back to what you're saying is, is we put so much focus on, on on heaven and hell. Not that not that those concepts don't matter, right? But if you go read the Bible, if they mattered as much as we make them matter, I feel like they should be written about more. Yeah, there's a lot of other stuff that means a whole lot to the writers of Scripture that we gloss over. Mm-hmm. I agree, hundred <clears> percent. <throat> Cosign retweet. So then answer, but then answer this. Okay, that's that's great. Like maybe the world's not as bad as we make it. Maybe sometimes there's some confirmation bias. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think you're born in this world in need of a savior because we are not worthy of heaven? What? Like, oh, is that a question? Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. Like, Repeat it. I thought like, it was a rhetorical you, question that you're about you, to answer. Do you believe that when you come down on this earth that you are? are born and raised perfect and flawless and that you get into heaven because you don't need a savior. Oh, no. No, right? That's most branches of, of the Christian faith Right. would say, no, 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 there's sin. Mm. Sin is acting in willful or unwill, you know, conscious yeah. or unconscious misalignment to, to the will and purposes of God. Right. We established that last week. Yep. So we are depraved, Right. Yes. So deprivation exists. Yes. So we can agree on that. Deprivation exists. But then on the other hand, we're saying, but maybe it's not as bad. It's not total. Total. Yeah. Total. Total depravity. Total wine in Greenville, yes. Total deprivation, no. (laughs) Not total depravity where all all cause is lost. All, okay. all, is that all, all, yeah, lost all cause. It's a hope lost is cause. lost, all you, hope? Yeah, all, all hope is lost. Like, it's, it's not like, a, 
Like it would be so going back to the example, your beat up car mm-hmm. still runs, it still works, and it can be repaired. But if you think I'll get a new car in a week and you don't do anything about it, that doesn't mean that it's totally depraved. That means you didn't do anything about it. And so the 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 fear that I have is then when that week is I guess you keep using the example when that week comes, the owner, aka God, comes and says all the parts you needed to build you a perfect car was right beside you. You just didn't do it. And the whole point was for you to help me rebuild this car and not me to come in, demolish it, and just magically poof another You know one. what this reminds me of? The 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 um the parable what's the the, the parable of the, the dude the the Good Samaritan. The parable of the Good Samaritan. The dude. The dude with I started the, uh, to describe it, and then I remembered it was uh, the Good Samaritan. So, I, I mean, because like in script, ah, man, I, this was our favorite Bible story growing up. My, my mom had this book of Bible stories, and we read this one, like, exhaustively. And so I wish I could remember the, the passage and the details of it. But it's like, there's a Samaritan. It, there was a, who who hated Samaritans? What was the, op- it was, ah, frick. Because the Samaritan ended up helping a, Leave, like, a Levite or something. Was it somebody? Right. Anyway, somebody it, it was the yeah. equivalent to their enemy. Right. But it's a whole situation where you have somebody. It'd be like right now, Palestinians and Israelis are, you know, they hate each other, right? So mm-hmm. it'd be the equivalent of like an Israeli or, a, um, uh, or what's the other side? I said the Palestine. Palestinian. Yeah. One or the other are basically injured, beat up, was attacked, robbed, laying in a ditch, and it says, you know, there's the priest that comes by praying to God. God, show me how to live out your will. And he just keeps trucking. And, like, there's these other things. And he's like, what happened? And then this, you know, the good Samaritan comes by and he, like, helps this dude. Even though it goes against it. And it's like, well, where was these other dudes doing? It's like they were so focused in their own. They were so consumed in their own business that they missed out. Mm-hmm. Right? Or then sometimes you see, you know, there's the verse in Scripture that says, for you that helped the least of these, you helped me. Right. Because I was an angel unaware. Mm-hmm. Or something like that's the wording, right? It talks about how, you know, you know. There's what's the story of the dude that's like, God, give me an opportunity to do this, and somebody comes by and says, No, 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 I'm waiting on God. Next guy comes like, No, 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 I'm waiting on God. Next guy comes back, No, I'm waiting on God, and then he sees God again. He says, God, man, I prayed for you to bring me this opportunity. Why, why didn't you? And he said, Well, I brought you this guy to help, and you blew him off. I brought you a second guy to help, you blew him off. I brought you a third guy, and you blew him off. Like, are we sometimes like to to your point? Do we sometimes? It's not that we don't need to focus on what comes after, mm-hmm. right? Because I think there's a general consensus from people of faith that what comes after this life, which is temporary, is something that lasts much longer, lasts infinitely. So I'm not saying focusing on that is not important because infinite is a whole lot longer than the temporary. But I think Scripture also shows us we cannot neglect God's work here and now, bringing the acts of God to this earth Mm. are valuable, are important. Yeah, Yeah, well, it's like the... some. Say some people I've been reading or listening to is the life of Jesus was not important, but the death was. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, we, nobody remembers the fact of why what Jesus was doing while he was on earth. You know, he was trying to establish a kingdom of God here and now, and what that looked like was was like he wasn't going around saying, "Hey, believe in me and you'll be saved." Like that's, I mean, that wasn't the gospel in the kingdom of God. 
while Jesus was walking the earth. That's not what his disciples were spreading. His disciples were spreading because if he walked up and said, do you know the gospel of Jesus? They'd be like, hey, bro, you are Jesus. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're mm-hmm. still alive. But it was this, you know, he goes on the, I guess it's a sermon on the mount where he talks about, you know, all these different things of how to live on earth. And then he goes and talks about the phrase you mentioned, those that you do for the least of these. And, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about kind of the social gospel aspect where it's like when you selflessly live here, you are fulfilling my mm-hmm. will. You're being the hands and feet of Christ in that. Right. Moment. So because this is kind of where my mind's at right now is we live in a world that's depraved. And what I mean by that is the absence of God in need of a savior. True, but that doesn't mean that we live in a world that's unredeemable now. Right. And I think what we hear is we live in a in a depraved world, and what we translate that to is unredeemable world. Mm. And it's like, yes, we live in a world where all people need to experience Christ. Right. But we do not live in an unredeemable world in that it cannot be changed now. Yeah. Because let me tell you something, like, and this is going to sound weird, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Like, we are called to be the hands and feet of Christ to bring, because if Christ lives in us, then I'm regenerated. I'm no longer depraved. Mm. Who I was is depraved, but I'm no longer seen as depraved. Mm. So I need to quit acting like it. I don't need to act like it, right? I don't need to. So if if I let the, the Holy Spirit of God prompt me to arrogance and ego, then that's not me responding to not being depraved. That's depravity showing itself. Yeah. But if it leads me to live as a confident, chosen person who can be regenerate, because I I can lead to change, and that's good. Because for the for the the parent who who goes out and becomes a foster parent and adopts children because they're in a depraved situation, mm-hmm. they are Christ to that moment. Right. Right. They are regenerate. They are regenerating that family. Hopefully. Yeah. Right to the person who goes out and, and finds someone in need and cares for them, they are redeeming a depraved moment. And if we have a a movement of people that aren't so focused on the unredeemable, but focused on the fact that we can be redeemable first as people, mm-hmm. and then in, in our behavior, we can make a difference. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people want to get in the game. I don't want to get in the game a lot of times. Yeah. But I, I think sure. that we live in a depraved state of being, but that doesn't mean we live in an unredeemable place. Mm-hmm. I feel like we mentioned this before, maybe. I know we've said that a lot. But it reminds me of the uh, Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy, hierarchy of, needs, of needs, Yeah, where we're you we come in as Christians and try to focus on the top when the bottom's not even met in a way. Like, and I feel like Jesus is kind of preaching that same message. Like you can't go up and pray over somebody who's dying of thirst because their focus in that moment is not heaven or hell. The focus is they're going to live now. And so the act of giving a cup of water is probably going to be a lot stronger than you preaching the gospel in Mm -hmm. that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Because once the need is met, they are they're they're more able to understand what and who God is. 
But if I buy special water that has like John three sixteen on the label, is that like two birds one stone kind of thing? <sighs> I mean, you try to see what does happens. That, does that count? Tape a track around the cup. Uh, put it on the inside so when they're like tipping it up, they can read. <laughs> it's like you know how kids in school will cheat by writing the answer on the inside of the label and putting it back on the water. That. You've never yeah. heard that? No. We could like put the gospel. That's pretty smart, though. That's right there. That is pretty smart. So I was thinking about this whole idea of like, do we live in an unregenerate world that's going to hell in a handbasket? And um, all fair, I'll tell you some passages I read recently that I thought were fascinating, but I'm not trying to incriminate myself, so I'll do that off the air. Wow. But two things I thought about. Okay. One um, was just because we can make things better doesn't mean it will always be better. Right. It's kind of like, you know, you, the heartbeat monitor, up, down, up, down, up, down, but we can still be trending in the trending, right direction. Like, okay. hopefully your right. stocks yeah. are trending in the well, right direction, like the video. but it's up, down, yeah. up, down, up, down. Yeah. And so, like, I thought about that. Like, we cannot determine depravity based on 50 years. Because, like, for example, we may become, like, really, really good at, like, processed foods. And we think, oh, my goodness, this is a wonderful idea. Then only to later realize, no, we created a bunch of carcinogens. Well, okay, well, then what's the next step of that? How can we make healthy foods processed that can be distributed to people to more efficiently meet hunger needs, right? So, like, there's a process there of hopefully, yeah, right? Now, I can get skeptical on that because people are greedy and all kinds of things. I can get skeptical, don't get me wrong, and I'm not saying I'm right. But we, you can't determine depravity based on a small sample size because you could right. be living in, like, the downswing right. before the upswing. Right. Um, you don't, we don't know. And, like, downswing and upswing is not five years, ten years. It could be like a century, yeah, right? Like fifty years, a hundred years, yeah. hundred. Like you don't know where you're at on that curve. Um, the second thing I thought about, which I thought was really interesting, I don't know if we talked about it on here, but I had a conservative uh, creationist basically present a theory on um, the flood, and the ice age, mm-hmm. and honestly, by his own definition, which would I would consider a lot of conservative. Christian creationists response to the flood in the ice age by its own definition could say that we're getting better. And what I mean by that is what they said was that, and and this is fact, most of what I'm about to say is known fact, creationists, evolutionists, they all agree upon this in sampling, both the North and the South pole, they can see that in the past, the entire world was a fairly, um, plush, like, um, What's the phrase I'm looking for? But it was a great environment, right? It was it was full of bushes and trees and life and stuff. Like the polar caps did not previously exist. Yeah. You yeah, tracking yeah. with me? Yeah. And I was so, trying to think. Yeah, I got you. Uh, but, and so it was, I forget the phrase, but think of paradise. It was very paradise-like. And and so, um, but there was, let's, let's go with the just the most traditional view. So... In response to the nature of humanity, at the time of Noah, God brings a flood. Well, that in order for the flood to happen, just understanding weather. The, after that, the weather patterns that would have cr- happened as a result of a wo- worldwide flood. And this guy explained it to me. He said the amount of that evaporates, it turns to clouds. The amount of clouds, the way that that interacts with the system, would have radically launched us into like a polar plunge, which would account for the Ice Age. Mm-hmm. So the Ice Age was in response 
to the flood as documented in Genesis. Right. Right? Tracking with me here. And so what happened is it's kind of like a pendulum. So the flood was this like shift that launched the um, the pendulum to an extreme, which created these extremely cold regions at the t- top and bottom of the earth, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, flat earth theory. And, and it launched us into an ice age. And it shows, like there's evidence that ice used to go down as far as like the Middle East, like it was pretty, like at least severe cold, right? Even in the book of Job, one of the oldest books in the Bible references snow, right? And, and in a location where now the snow would not necessarily occur, right? So track it with me here. Well, that artificially launched us to an extreme. And ever since then, we've been coming back to homeostasis. Mm-hmm. We've been returning back to the original design. This is a creationist telling me this. Mm-hmm. Now, we're returning back to the original design, and that is what accounts for climate change that is often used as an example of global warming and things of that nature is really just, no, the pendulum is just slowly returning back to center, which it was before the flood, before the ice age, where all regions of the earth were relatively balanced. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so you could make the argument, if that's true, by conservative creationists' own definition, the world is actually going back to its original design. Naturally. Naturally. Naturally, yeah. Not now, even morally, does just the, naturally. Not even morally. Right. Now, I'm literally just talking about the world, not humanity. Right. I'm literally just talking about the oceans and nature and woods and forests. Mm-hmm. Now, how do several billion people over a couple thousand years influence that can we enhance the speed of that return can we slow it down for Eh, sure probably but to me that is not the world becoming worse strictly from a natural perspective right then you could argue though like there's lots of ways i'm sure that somebody genius could poke holes in what i'm saying right we've already established we're the dumb ones right we just talking to a mic right but it, in some ways, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm, I, this isn't my lane really, in some ways I'm like, that kind of pushes against the depravity thing a little bit. Yeah. Because it's like, we can be in a depraved state of being, but not be in an unregenerate circumstance. Right. How you balance that TBD. Yeah. To be determined. To be determined. No, I agree. I mean, you're, I think you told me that off air, by the way. At first, okay. I thought we said it on the podcast. I know we've talked about it, but the ice age thing. The yeah, creation. I think that's a. I didn't think about the natural aspect of that. Yeah, that's a good point because it is you know the natural aspect and the moral aspect, yeah. and it also like you could. There's a lot of ways to look at this and attack this point. We get it. Like you could say it's very Western. Like yeah. you could go and you could put us in right in the middle of Israel or you know wherever right now, and we'd be like okay. We're wrong. This is pretty bad. Yeah. And, and even in scripture, it says in the end times, there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be earthquakes and hurricane and things of that nature. And there's a lot of debate over that. How you view revelation, how you view what is the end times. Yeah. I tend to believe we are living in the end times and we have been for right. like, it's not just like there's a rapture and then the end time. Like, yeah. And so my view on that's a little bit different. And so, it's like, you know, are some of these things getting worse because it's the earth is moaning for the Lord? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong a little bit there. I don't know. 
Um, I just think it's interesting to think about. Two things. Two things that we're going to be done. The first is, I'm trying to think if it was you. Have you been to Haiti? Yeah. So I got I think, ravished with diarrhea. <laughs> so Haiti, and I think you've told me this, beautiful. Yeah. Naturally beautiful. Gorgeous country. Very, very in poverty. That's true. I They're, think that's a perfect description of Earth and or of this theory is it's mm-hmm. hard to look at some things like places in Haiti or mm-hmm. even a mountain or an ocean and say, because there's such an all aspect. I mean, you and Jimmy talked about this. If there's one thing that proves this God, what is it? And it's, you know, create, we talked about creation mm-hmm. and you stay, you're standing in front of the ocean. You're standing in front of a mountain. You're standing in Haiti in, you know, and just looking out. It's hard to say it gets better than this in the sense of creation wise. Yeah. Because it's so beautiful. And there's such it strikes an awe and a reverence in you for God in that moment because it's like, man, this is really like a, almost a worship type thing. Anytime you allow yourself to be to be in the presence of nature in its purest form, right? Mm-hmm. You go outside at night when no lights are on, like that dark like that country dark. Yeah. And you lay there and you look at the stars. Yeah. Awe and reverence. Right. That's a good point. Spend Anywhere. time in Alaska. Looking out over the mountains, awe and reverence. Right. You go to Haiti and you look out over the ocean or you over this mountain, this right. awe and reverence. Yeah. And I think that's hand in hand where we have accountability in the sense of, okay, now we need to do our part in establishing this kingdom on earth. Mm-hmm. Whether that's morally, whether that's literally, whether that's both, however you determine it. We have a responsibility for living out the gospel. Right. Right here and right now. Right. Like God, I mean, God is literally saying, look at this. This place is, this this is awesome. This is not some beat up, like, piece of crap. Like, we may have made decisions, like you said, we may have made decisions that's kind of contributed to that. Sure. But the the natural aspect of who God is still comes out in just unspeakable forms. Yeah. Here and now. And then the second, the second part of it is more of a thought for, I guess, me, you, and whoever's listening. All four of us. No, no, we actually had something. Anyway, is thinking about towards the end of your life mm-hmm. and kind of having this thought of if this is true, if it's true that we are supposed to contribute more here now than what we're focused on, mm-hmm. you don't want to be that person that missed out. Because the reality is, if you're trying to establish God's kingdom here and now, the eternal aspect of that will come out. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to. Especially if you're doing it for Christ, you're doing it for like, hey, this is, I'm going to help you in the best way that I can. Why? <clears throat> People are going to ask. And I think we have it, we have it twisted in some way to where we have to ask this first and then we have to, you know, then we'll do it. Or we'll use this to convert you. Well, and scripture even says like, you're going to be held accountable for how you choose to live here on earth and the rewards that you inherit in eternity are in response to how you handled the gift that you were given here yeah and that's a weighty thought yeah but i got my ticket to heaven so it's okay right so it doesn't matter <laughs> we'll just ride mm-hmm. it out hey put me in a hut i just want to be there right that's what i hear said yeah put but me say in no the like there's a challenge there's a responsibility to get in the game now yeah and i both like that challenge and it's also a little scary yeah because i think you it know? puts a, it puts a lot of pressure on responsibility because i'd rather be the i'd rather be the lazy christian 
Yeah. Who has eternity secure, so I'm going to take care of me and mine, live in my bubble, make it as good as possible, and then I'll check out when my time is called. All right. Anyway, we got to wrap up. All right. We're done here. We're done here. Hopefully, it spurred some thought with you guys. If you have any feedback, as always, I was about to say, give text us a holler, us, email. Text, if you have email, anything, if you have a disagreement, yeah, anything. Large twenty three, the number twenty three, large twenty three on sweet wheat mm. at yahoo.com. So good. Josh's email, holler at him. Until next time, y'all behave yourselves. Holla. Thanks for joining us on another episode of TNJ. Don't forget to check out the links to any of our guests in the show description. And check out tattoosandjesus.org for additional show information or to submit your questions, comments, or curse words.